0: Friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Happy, happy Thursday. We've got a great show in store. Before we dive in, I want to make sure you know that on February 17th, a big group of us are going to be going through 100 Days to Brave together. 100 Days to Brave is a devotional I wrote all about stepping into things we face in our everyday lives with Bravery. This time though, your kiddos or the mini BFFs in your life are invited to get in on it too because my very newest book 100 Days to Brave for Kids is releasing on February 8th. It's available for pre-order right now. I am so excited to get these truths in the hands and the hearts of my mini BFFs. It's perfect for kids around ages 7 to 12, though younger kids are totally invited. They just may need help with some of the reading. We will start our 100 days on February 17th and then we'll all finish together right before before Memorial Day, So all you got to do right now is grab your copy of 100 Days to Brave or buy one anywhere you love to buy books and pre-order a copy of 100 Days to Brave for kids so that you've got them on hand for the 17th. We've got this fun checkoff sheet for the kids that we'll get to you so y'all can keep track of the days you've done together. I'll post the first five days on my Insta stories to give you plenty of time to get the books and then we'll email you every 10 days to help you stick with it. The secret sauce of 100 Days to Brave is finishing it so we'll do everything we can to help each other make it to that point together so to sign up be a part of this opportunity and get all sorts of extra goodies just go to the 100 days to brave 2020 link in the show notes and claim your spot Today on the show, oh, y'all, I get to talk to my friend, Pastor Ben Stewart. He's a best-selling author and the pastor of Passion City Church in Washington, D.C. In his new book, Rest and War, Rhythms of a Well-Fought Life, he uses his personal life experience and decades of ministry experience to offer biblical and practical guidance to all of us who want to live well-fought lives. He has got so much wisdom to instill in us and... We get real honest, so we're going to really talk about this, about what it looks like to win a battle, what it looks like to feel like you're losing. So wherever you are today, I bet we talk about that spot. So here's my conversation with my friend, Ben Stewart. Ben, thanks so much for joining us for That Sounds Fun. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: It is going to be very
1: So many people I know love you like crazy, and I'm just... So happy to be here. It
0: is surprising that we haven't met before. Do we live in Atlanta at the same time?
1: Briefly. Okay. I was there 15 months.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. There's a high
1: likelihood we overlapped, but it was brief.
0: Why were you there for such a short window?
1: That was always the plan. It was to go there and prepare to launch wherever the Lord would send us. So we were visiting cities all over America, praying about where will Passion City be. And it's a long, crazy ride. I never thought it'd be D.C., but we are in Washington, D.C. and love it. But that was always the plan. Come, prep, launch.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, that has to be a wild faith thing to go like, we don't know what city we're going to. I mean, how do you prepare your heart for that kind of stuff? (laughs) That's very like Abraham of you.
1: It felt like that. Yes. You know, it felt like, you know, in the book of Acts, uh, Philip was in Samaria leading this great movement yeah. and then God's like go to the desert road cuz I have plans there and Donna and I were like that's what he's doing to us we yeah. love what we were doing but it's we have to go to the desert road and you're right we did it with our kids moved 3 times wow and landed here so it's a crazy ride but you know once you make a commitment to Lord I'm yours
0: yeah
1: you go okay well then I'm off my map a long time ago.
0: But oh man, it's a good
1: ride. It's better than what I would have come. That's better than I would have so. come. Me
0: too. And I often find myself, <laughs> honestly, probably in my lowest moments. One of the things I say back to the Lord is what Peter said: "Of like, where else would I go? This isn't going <laughs> the way I wanted it to. But where else would I go? Exactly. Right? Do you feel that sometimes?
1: I, I had a I had a friend say that to me once. He's like, "What are you going to do? Like, not trust God? I was like, <laughs> "Oh, well. Yeah, no, that's not a better alternative. That's right. You, know, you can tell him, hey, I don't like the scenery right now, but right. you know, sometimes you have to go from A to B through R. You yes. just lead you on crazy right. paths. But, but
0: What do you know about God now that you didn't know when you were living in Atlanta? What's a big shift or a big thought or a small thought? What do you know about God that you didn't know?
1: Oh, man, that's a great question. I would say I'm more settled in my trust of him that really, from he doing is guiding it. all of this, and you know, I I love knowledge, I love research, I love reading, and I've just realized there's limits to it. You're just going to hit, you go, I don't know, but you do, and you have strange, mysterious purposes, and I trust mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example, and like, you know, I wrote that book, single dating, engaged, married, you know, as as kind of like a swan song to like my sweet young. I was like, this is the best I can give you on yeah. such a complex issue. Yes. And then we moved to D.C., which was a total surprise. And when we first got here, I went to the Capitol. I mean, bought my suit, had the tie on. I'm in the capital of America. And I asked the first chief of staff I meet, how can I help your people? And he was like, none of them know how to date. He's like, do you think you could talk about that? I was wow. like, yeah, I think so. And I was yeah. invited to speak to the Senate before the church even launched. <laughs> I'm in the Senate chambers talking to this crowd. And I'm like, I would have never thought, well, the way to get into the capital of America yes. is to write a book on dating. Yes. And that's when I was like, you know what? The Lord's driving. Yeah. I, let me not overthink yeah. this thing.
0: I'm really excited to talk about Rest and War, your new book. But can we talk yeah. about the dating book for a minute? Because <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> it, it truly is. When people ask me for resources, I almost always say that. Your teaching series oh. from when you taught through it, but you have a phrase that I use in dating. I use in friendship. We use at work. I said it today on Insta story. Clarity Mm. is kindness. Clarity is kindness. Will you kind of expand on that or tell me why that's true. It feels deeply true, but why is that true?
1: Yeah. Well, just broadly in life, you have to have information to make an informed decision. Mm. You know, like if you're going to make a decision that, that best fits reality, I, I need to know the facts. I need to know data. And, Often we find that's hard to find, and you know, yes. Proverbs says it: an honest answer is a kiss on the lips. When someone can wow. be nice, can, can be honest with you, it empowers you to then make good decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why a good friend will tell you, "Hey, that outfit's not working for you." You're like, "That's an empowering thing." That may be a little painful, but now I have the ability to make some wardrobe changes. Yes. Or when it's a relationship, if someone can tell you. Hey, I don't see this going anywhere. You're like, it's it's nice, it's kind of you to tell me that. Yes. You brave the awkwardness, but you've liberated me from wasting time and money and emotional energy on a thing you don't see going anywhere. But mm. I think for a lot of people, that anxiety, they say it's about hurting other people's feelings. It's not. It's it's the anxiety about you not liking me as much. Yes, you know, that, that's, that's what it is. Oh, Ben, listen. Um,
0: when someone says to me, like, the reason I didn't tell you is I was afraid of hurting you. I'm like, no. No, you're worried about yourself. You're not worried about me. Yes. Cause you don't know how I'm gonna respond. Yeah.
1: You're worried no. about you. And the good friend who loves you will risk the relationship right. out of love for you. That's a good friend. And that's a good date, you know, that will do that. We'll say, Hey, I I think we shouldn't do this anymore. You're like, all right, well, I'll, you know, cry later. But it's good to know that you yes. know, information so we can do something with it.
0: Yes. A lot of our friends listening are, we have about a half-half married single friends listening. And a lot of our okay. friends listening are in their 30s and not married, or even 40s. I'm 41 mm-hmm. and not married yet. What's yeah. some dating differences that you see? I mean, I'm sure in D.C. you're like Nashville, where it's its not 22-year-olds necessarily who are single. It is a lot of older, and that's kind of nationwide. What do you see as the difference for people in their 30s, 40s that have never been married versus when you're talking to college students?
1: Well, there's a number of challenges, you know, and and particularly broader cultural challenges with technology have changed the way we relate to each other. And there's less of those communal moments where you can get to know people. And I think that's a tragedy. It's it's making it longer for people to meet potential viable mates. It's just harder to meet now. You know, back in the day, as flawed as the processes were back in the day, there was still a town dance every Friday night, you know, and there was still like these places you could meet people. Yeah. And that's become harder. So I I sympathize with the difficulty of that. I think mm. it's very hard. There's not the natural cultural places where we're helping single people meet each other in a safe wow. environment. Yeah, I would say the shift also when you get older, that's maybe a good one is it tends to be more direct. You know, when you're in 20s, it can be a little sillier and flirtier. And most of my friends in their 30s when they're single are like, okay, look, like, are we doing this or not? Do I? Oh, like third date, we're get, having like life a tonight decision. Or not? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: That's, it. That's it. It's so different. You're like, you're cute. Can we ask, are you in counseling? Because I need to know before we keep going <laughs> if you're in therapy.
1: <laughs> What's the thing? What's the thing that's gonna risk all this? Just just go ahead and let me know. Yeah, (laughs) that
0: is how it has been. That feels that is a significant difference in dating in my late thirties and forties than in my twenties. Is everybody just you just kind of go? Hey, I'm having a great time with you. Can we just go ahead and talk about some of this stuff? Because I don't want Mm -hmm. either of us to put heart energy into something if it's just not gonna work.
1: And there's value to compressing that timetable. That that's the tragedy in a lot of modern dating of like oh, let's fool around for a while. you end up wasting people's time, mm-hmm. which to me is not a kindness. When you right. kind of mess around date for a year or two or three and you go, where is this going? Th- that is unkind, I think. I think um, intentionality about the evaluation process in dating is a way to love somebody yeah, rather than wasting their time.
0: Yeah, when you're counseling people in your church or on the Senate floor or, you know, through the book, <laughs> is there a traditional role for men and women that is still true? Is it changing up? Is it different in different cities? Like what are women and what are men supposed to be doing in this dating world these days?
1: Yeah, it's gotten so confusing. So, so, confusing. so many of the dating scripts, even when they were flawed, at least people sort of knew the rules, you yeah. know? And now there's there's less and it's created more confusion. Mm-hmm. And yet in that confusion, Almost uh, across the board, even within like Christian circles and non, women still want to be initiated with. All all the statistics you see is they would prefer that. A very small amount initiate dates. They want to be asked. And so we tell men that, like, um, you should do that. I think it's part of love that, that God calls men to do is to initiate. It's a way to love. And you can do that and should do that. And most women want men to do that or looking for them to do that. I think a lot of men in the culture today have, have been made hesitant to do that for a couple Mm -hmm. of different reasons. But I I see a lot of amazing women here. DC has a lot of like powerful, driven, successful women that you're like, bro, you just got to ask her out. Like you just have to risk it, Uh, risk the no, you'll survive that, but go do it. And uh, a lot of women want that. And that's yeah. true in DC and true anywhere I've been. I think women can ask men out. I do. I mean, you look at the book of Ruth and Certainly. however you analyze it, Boaz is a good dude that's not pulling the trigger. And so Ruth's like, hey, like, what are we doing here? Like, we've been gleaning in the fields. You seem cool. Or are you in or are you out? And and I think she was willing to help Boaz in his hesitancy. And I don't think it's wrong for women to do that at all. I had a, a, a young woman do that when I was dating before I met my wife that she just was like, "What are we doing here?" She's like, "I'll survive either way, but I just kind of need to know what you're doing." And and it was a good conviction for me. I'm like, "Oh, she has more courage and clarity than I do. I need to get my act together." And um, uh, <laughs> this poor sweet girl had to be the one to help me. There was a lot of people. That I was about to say, "Bless me. her heart," and then of... you
0: went on and got married. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope she got married, too. Just tell me for my own sake that she got married, too.
1: I have no idea. I don't know. where. Now that you say that, I'm like, I need to know that. I don't know what happened to her in life. Let's (laughs) assume something wonderful. I
0: need to know that she didn't just fix you and didn't get to get married after that.
1: (laughs) We'll pray for her we'll pray for it. Yeah, we'll
0: hope we'll hope the best. If she's out there and <laughs> listening and she's single, call me, let me help you find somebody. We will publicly <laughs> help you find somebody. Okay, so what's the journey from writing that to writing Rest and War? Honestly, as a reader, they go hand in hand more than I think. Maybe some people would see like it feels like you're telling Rest and War isn't a relationship book necessarily, but man, it no. it talks about how to do relationship well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know it- Again, getting to live and move among people and minister to them, you see like people want to be a part of something. They want to be a part of a purpose, and they want to be a part of a people. I want a cause in my life, and I want a community that loves me. That, that's everyone's heart. I want to be a part of something, yes. and I want to be a part of something. And so the single dating was a lot about that relational element. That longing is mm-hmm. good. Let's talk about how to navigate it in a way that we respect and love each other. This book was that, I just see so many people that struggle with a sense of purposelessness and, and powerlessness. I want to get further in my life than I am. I've got struggles I can't seem to get past. I've got addictions and setbacks that fill me with shame, but I don't seem to move forward. And I just watch that sense of hopelessness set in. And for the people of Jesus, there's no room for hopelessness for us. It's a real struggle, but we have so much hope. And so I wanted to give people perspective and then real practical means to advance in their life, that, that you're a part of a cause that's great, it's worthy of your life, and let's talk about the practical ways to uproot some things that don't belong in your life anymore and to cultivate some things that are good. And so this is a heart message for me. This book, someone asked me the other day, how long did it take you to write this? I'm like, 20 years? I mean, this is my, my whole life <laughs> nice. of figuring out how to struggle well. If life's a struggle, how do I struggle well? And that's really what I wanted to do. And again, to me, it's a labor of love. I was like, this is the best I I can offer you to help you feel like you're winning in life. So we call this a field guide. It's a field guide to the spiritual life. That's what it is.
0: I loved that. I love the field guide feel to it. Has it always been true that people cared this much about having a purpose and doing something that mattered? Like in the 40s, were they talking about this or was it easier back then? Or did people not care as much? Yeah.
1: Well, gosh, they had both of those things in the 40s, didn't they? I mean, as horrible as war is, it's a real clarifier. You know, I mean, Mm. when you're talking about the 40s, World War II, it's like we have a clear goal. And we, you know, people marching out to war knew each other so well, they could hear a cough and know what friend it was in the middle of the night. I mean, they just had such deep community. And it's really been the unraveling of a sense of a big story and the unraveling of a knit together community that's caused so much anxiety in us. I mean you think yeah. we live in us in the safest day in human history. Yes. But we have anxiety at record levels. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple reasons for that, but some of them are I don't know what life's about. I don't know where I'm going. I feel stuck and don't even know which way to run or how to run successfully. And so this book for me is that attempt to bring clarity to some people. You have a purpose under God. You are a complete mess. And it's helpful to acknowledge that and not to let shame keep you from acknowledging. I I think shame keeps us from strategizing about our life and struggling well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the Bible starts with that. You're beautiful in the image of God, but you're a mess. You're a total mess. And as soon as you admit that, you go, okay, you're a mess that's dearly loved. Dearly loved by a God who fought for you. He fought for you because you're in a fight. This is a fight. It feels like a struggle because it is. Yes. But, But he fought for you and he loves you. So pick up drooping hands, strengthen feeble knees, and let's go to war together and let's accomplish something good in this life. And I just want people to have that sense of agency.
0: Why was war the analogy you wanted to use?
1: That's a good question. You know, I think it presents that way emotionally for us. I mean, if you just look at people, they're like, "Why, why do I keep struggling with these thoughts. Why can't I get them out? Why can't I There's a thing I want to do and why do I not do it? And mm-hmm. and so we feel that like, man, this feels like a struggle. And what I love about the scripture is it affirms that like, yeah, it feels like a struggle because it is. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of relief in that diagnosis. Yes. You know, it's like going to the doctor. No one wants to go, but then when they tell you, yeah, you feel sick because you are. It's not just in your head. Like you're actually right. sick. You're like, well, that's right. horrible, but
0: it explains now that I know things. that,
1: yeah and I'm <laughs> empowered now to make yeah. some decisions. It's yeah. an empowering thing And I think the scripture uses that from the very beginning in Genesis. Yes. like yes. you are in a battle that's bigger than you, global and deeply personal. And so yes. it feels like a fight because it is a fight. Mm. And so when you acknowledge that, now you're freed up to go, okay, well then how do I fight well? not beat yeah. myself up, Begin to, begin to beat up these things that are coming at me.
0: Yeah. One of the things that jumped out to me in the book is when you talk about how the enemy doesn't play checkers, he plays chess. Mm-hmm. Will you just yeah. talk about that a little bit? Because I, the more we can expose his ways, the more we can identify them in our own lives. So will you talk about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. He does push and pull. Let me push you with some resentments and discomforts and then pull you with allurements. And and that's a game. I mean, if you think about it, he doesn't come to Eve in the garden and say, let's just, I don't know, smoke crack, kill Adam. Let's go crazy. Like he doesn't (laughs) start with insanity. Right. He starts with, let me sow some distrust between you and God.
0: Yes. Looks like he's
1: holding out on you, Eve. Looks like you don't get to do everything you want. Looks like you're being cheated here, Eve. Looks like, and he he begins to distance her from God. And then he can position her to find life. broken places and he just runs the same play with all of us you know and i think it's helpful to have that awareness of going how does he get me and uh, i remember listening to a young man uh tell this or a story about him that he um had a struggle with pornography and they were asking him how he's fighting it and he's like well you know all your standard like accountability software but he's like but when i think about it he said it starts months before he was in grad Mm -hmm. school and he was like i get the syllabus. And I don't do the readings, and I put off doing the homework, and, and then I feel ashamed that I haven't done the work, wow. and so I distract myself to not feel those intolerable feelings, but then the work still is undone, so then I have to work yeah. late at night, and then I don't sleep, and then in that middle of being weary and fatigued and stressed, the enemy offers a sweet release, and I'm back into pornography, and you're like, okay, that guy's doing the work. Yes. Of seeing, this is how the enemy comes at you, yes. and there's an old book, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. It's a
0: oh, it's so good.
1: You know, well, you know, and, and so I read it, and I thought it would be like about fighting, like swords. It's <laughs> right. none of that. It's all no. here's how to defeat someone before they even show up at the battlefield. Here's how to yeah. beat them long before they ever get a find a sword. And it's way back. Let me distort your sense of information. Let me allure you with treasure and say let let me just mess with your head and you are completely unequipped, and you never even knew you were in a fight. You were dismantled before yeah. the battle even started. And I think the enemy yes. loves to do that yes. with us.
0: And that, I think you talk about this some in the book too, but it's one of the reasons like taking care of your body, getting enough sleep, rest, and war. I mean, yeah, we lose more. I, well, I won't talk about you or anybody else. I <laughs> lose more often in the wars in my own life if I am tired.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good... Analysis that that's the, one of the things I'm trying to advocate, Annie, is that being a student of yourself, you know, being curious yes. about yourself. David yes. taught us that in the Psalms. Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? He's like, yeah, let me
0: just bef- before I
1: just go there and believe it, let, let me ask myself uh-huh. why. What, what's under this? Yeah, and often shame keeps us from that curiosity, but it's when you get that information that gives you insight, then it breeds innovation. Now I can make changes. And I'll notice that. I'm like, Don and I were laughing about it earlier today. I was like, when, when everyone around me seems stupid, then it's probably me <laughs> that yes. I probably need a nap. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And if I take one, there's less to apologize for later. <laughs> so yes. sometimes yes. it's like, hey, the spiritual, physical, emotional wires are all crossed. Yes. Sometimes it's not a demon. Sometimes you just need to nap.
0: You and, just need a uh, nap. Yes, that's to have right.
1: That awareness.
0: Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Nutraful. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. Y'all, it's so many of us. If that is something you're dealing with, please know you're not alone and there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women, including me, me, I'm taking back control of my hair with Nutrifol and many users are raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life healthier hair growth does take time you'll begin to experience thicker stronger faster growing hair in three to six months i i can testify to that i feel a total difference in a clinical study 86 percent of women reported improved hair growth after six months and more than 1500 top doctors recommend neutrophil as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair you can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support our show by going to nutriful.com and entering the promo code TSF to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, there's free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at nutriful.com and that's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and the promo code is TSF. And I've got one more incredible partner to tell you about, Curology. Curology makes medical grade skin care more accessible with their custom approach to care and they know that we're all doing the best we can with what we got so we're interested in celebrating along the journey not just at the destination and when it comes to skin care and really all of life let's champion progress over perfection and spread positivity by celebrating our simple wins y'all. Curology offers realistic skin care goals that you can actually achieve for clearer looking skin. I've used Curology for gosh like Over a year now After hearing about them On a podcast ad And y'all Is this inception? (laughs) Anyway I began to notice A difference in my skin's Clarity and tone Which as often as I like to talk With my face On the internet It's a thing I'm in favor of Here's what you need To know about Curology It's game changing Custom skincare Made for you By a dermatology provider They'll create A custom prescription cream For your specific goals Whether that's Tackling acne Or clogged pores Or skin texture Or dark spots Fine lines Or something else You start by taking a a short online skin quiz. Y'all know we love quizzes. And then you upload photos. And if it's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door. I got a box yesterday. And it even has your name on the bottle, which I love. Since I'm looking to address some fine lines, my Curology formula specifically addresses those with prescription strength retinol. I love the way it's improved the tone and texture of my skin as I've continued to use it. Their cleanser and moisturizer are awesome too. And I love the convenience factor of getting everything I need for my skincare routine in one easy box at my doorstep. One of my favorite things about receiving my free trial last year was the little spot treatment patches that came in my box with the products. So handy for that, you know, occasional flare up like I showed you on Instagram on my eyelid gravy y'all get started with Curology just like I did with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com slash that sounds fun just pay five dollars for shipping and handling again that's curolog dot com slash that sounds fun to start your free 30-day trial cancel anytime. prescription is subject to consultation and now back to our conversation with Ben your, if everybody around you is stupid, mine is if my brain thinks they are so weak, if that's the word that comes to my mind, then what I actually know is that I'm significantly tired and I'm pushing myself too far because I'm not letting other people not push themselves too far. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so when that narrative starts, I'm always like, oh, you're, they're not weak. They're, they're, everybody's fine. You're (laughs) asking too much of yourself.
1: That was, that was one for me, was realizing I don't acknowledge my physical tiredness first. Yes. Um, yes. I tend to overwork, that's my thing, I like working. And then I realize, but the danger will be when I start to not care. Like, it'll mm-hmm. become an emotional numbness. And when I yes. realize that, like, I don't care about people the way I want to, I need to take a break. I need to yes. adjust my pace because I want my heart, I want to live out of my heart, and I'm not doing that.
0: It is embarrassing. I mean, the clarity is kindness is even coming back to my mind, because even us talking about it, I'm having this moment of going like, oh, this isn't just me and Ben talking. There are <laughs> going to be a lot of people that hear me say that I'm a kind of a monster, <laughs> right? <laughs> that like I'm, that when I am tired, I'm not a great person. But yeah. for me, that even that own clarity in myself is being kind to myself and going, when you start to hear that, the enemy is catching up with you because you are tired or yes. because something is wrong. But if we don't tell ourselves the truth, how will we ever know when we're when we're at war? We won't even know. Yes. We won't believe ourselves.
1: Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I love about recovery circles. And this isn't like, strictly speaking, a recovery book, but there's so much in those circles that it's helpful. Yes. That brutal honesty at the beginning. I mean, I remember sitting yeah. with some circles of guys and just what they're confessing, you're like, Wow, most people are scared to admit that to themselves, much less to a room of yes. people. But right, they had managed to do that without burying themselves in shame. You know, oh no, I struggle yeah. with this. Yeah, like oh, you don't yeah. struggle, you're perfect. Oh, oh, so we're all imperfect. Surprise. So here's <laughs> right. how he gets me. You know, right. James talks about that. Each one is lured and enticed. We're, we're all yeah. lured by some broken things. It does not help you to not acknowledge them. But if you can acknowledge yes. them, then you can find the way out.
0: And tell people. I mean, you talk so much in the book about true spirituality is about community.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. And so keeping that to yourself is not going to get you very far.
1: No, absolutely not. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know anyone that has found substantial victory over whatever their besetting sin is without having a small group of people who they are brutally honest with and who will love them yeah. and love them too much to let them stay there. Yeah. So Hebrews talks about that, right? Or excuse me, Paul to Timothy, flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness, along with those who call out to the Lord of a pure heart. I mean, he just He's yeah. telling Timothy, get away from some broken things in your life, run towards the beautiful things in your life, but do it with some people who who have a sincere desire for growth. And they may or may not be your best friends.
0: That's right. Oh yeah. Mine aren't. I mean, the people that I confess the stuff to are not the people I see on a daily basis, but also I'll tell you when I'm walking towards sin and I go, you want to do this? Cause you know, you're going to have to tell if you're willing to tell, live your best life. Like you do what you want to do if you're willing to tell, but you just don't not get to tell. And eight out of 10 times, it stops me one out of 10. It slows me down.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I know how I'm going to, I know I'm going to feel awful tomorrow, I know I'm going to have to call this person. You're like, what a hassle. Never mind. i something else.
0: (laughs) I can just walk away right now. I can
1: walk away right now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And save me so much work tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's one of the best things. You know, James talks about it again in, um, you know, where he says, um, when lust is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. What he's doing there is he's telling you, hey, look downstream. Like, before you participate in an action, look downstream and see, is that where I want to go? And if I don't like that outcome, let me change it back here, up here in the input. You know, yes. uh, alcoholics talk about that. Think through the drink, you know, because yeah. when you experience intolerable feelings, I want these feelings to go away. If you're an alcoholic, you go, well, I know how to make them go away. This, this will obliterate yes. these feelings. And yes. the thinking through the drink is like, that's true. But <laughs> it will also have all these consequences that I've yes. experienced and didn't like. So let me find a different path out of my intolerable feelings. Let me call a friend yeah. who will yeah. say, you are a monster, and then laugh with you, and yes. then go watch a movie, and just do another right. thing that doesn't compromise right. your integrity. You know,
0: One of the young women that I am in like a mentor mentory kind of relationship with, she just decided anytime she started to say something that wasn't unkind, she was going to text me a gorilla. And she's like, I'm embarrassed every time. But, sh- but I'm sending you the, and it's just the emoji of a gorilla. And I'm always like, okay, tell me what happened. you know. And and she and so she says, every time she's like, I know I'm about to have to send Annie a gorilla if I do this.
1: That's, or if I say
0: this great. thing. And, and sometimes it stops you and sometimes it doesn't. But having having a gorilla emoji to send is just, it, to me, is one of the input changes you make when you're looking downstream.
1: hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we would joke about it with my, students about that you know just how sin looks far less sexy in the light of day so but when it first comes to you it's alluring and in the dark I said you have to turn the lights on and go I don't think I want to make that choice I know where this is going yes I don't want to go there yes I read Johnny Cash's one of his biographies and you know he it was wild his autobiography he talks about how much he loves drugs he's like god I miss them. I love it amphetamines (laughs) are amazing he's like but it almost killed me. I wrecked every car. He almost wiped out an, an endangered species of condor. Like there's a whole chapter about all the cars he wrecked and forest <laughs> fires he started. Yeah. I mean, it's just craziness. And he was like, and so I just remind myself of the crazy and go, yeah, nope. Yeah. So he admits like I'm attracted to this thing, but this yeah. thing leads to some crazy I don't want. And, um, that yes. kind of thinking process is part of what I'm trying to advocate.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to chase after that kind of maturity. I want that in my life, you know, the maturity that says I care more about what's downstream than feeling better right now.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 And and, yeah. and we live in an instant society that doesn't support that. And so we need some help. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking about some of my friends who and I, I'm in this a little bit myself, but you know, you've been praying for something or someone to be healed and they passed away. Mm. Or you were in a relationship and it ended, or you got fired from a job. Or you've just been praying with a friend through this thing and the actual opposite thing happens. Yeah. And it feels like I've been in a war and I just lost. Yeah. Right. What What do you say to the people who are like, I'm not ready to go back to war or I didn't want to do that in the first place or this is harder than I thought it was. What about the people who aren't winning the war right now?
1: You know what I love is there, there's a moment in in Jesus ministry where it says he looked at the crowd and he saw that they were harassed and helpless, you know, harassed, meaning like they're just being constantly messed with and helpless is, and they don't know how to fight it. They don't have the tools to stop it. And it doesn't say, and so he chided them like, what's the matter with you people? Get your act together, folks. Like it says he had compassion on them. Yes. And I love that, that God doesn't shame you for being disappointed, he doesn't shame you for being hurt. He doesn't tell you to bottle that in, stuff it down, eat those feelings. All through the Bible yeah. he invites you, pour out your complaint to me, cast your cares upon me. I can I can handle all that. And that invitation for me was really freeing. I mean, when I injured my back yeah. and was laid out on the floor for a month, I resisted doing that. I thought it was would be disrespectful, but to just pour out my anger and frustration. I'm like, none of these prayers are going to be pretty, God, but here's the deal, you know? And it just was so mad. But once I emptied all that, perspective can now come in of like, yeah, and the world is broken, Ben. Your tragedies, as significant as they are, don't even land in the top 10 of human tragedy in the world. Right,
0: right. And yet
1: God has done something decisive about it, and he will do something decisive about it. And oh. you can make some positive changes. This is not a cul-de-sac. It's a tunnel that has another side. And um, I think it begins with honesty with the Lord. And then on the other end, honesty, he often grants us perspective if we have ears to hear it. So that's what yeah. I would encourage people is um, don't be afraid to beat on his chest. And, <laughs> but then you fall yeah. into his arms and trust yeah. him.
0: Yeah, I tend to find in my own story that the angrier I am at someone else, is just a protection of not wanting to be angry at God.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's insightful.
0: Do you feel that ever? I just, I realize that when I won't forgive people, it's because if I forgive them, then I actually have to go to where I have the problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lord, I don't like how you're running things.
0: Yeah. If if (laughs) I was in charge,
1: I would run it differently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of what we're
1: saying. And uh, I think it helps me to go, oh, I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah. And you know, what's helped me a lot too, Annie, is I read a lot of biographies right now and just yeah. seeing how frustrating all their lives were. Like every biography I've read, it's like, you are constantly being messed with. And I'll tell Don, I'm like, I'm so encouraged. Did you know this guy? I mean, this person <laughs> tried to kill him. These people are coming at him. This guy's slandering him. And I'm like, it just helps me feel not so alone in the world. You know, to read about yeah. all this human suffering of other people, you go, oh, okay. What's seizing me is common to man. All right. Well, okay. We'll just keep going then.
0: (laughs) How do you decide which biographies to pick up? Who are you reading right now?
1: Well, when I moved to D.C., I decided to start reading all these political ones, which was not my interest before. I'm a big church history guy, so I read a lot of church history books my whole life. But now it's, you have to be the book someone said was the best ever on the subject. I can't suffer bad writing. So I'm like, who's the best writer on this guy? And then I'll read it. And uh, I think being in DC helps with that. So I fell in love with Ulysses S. Grant. I didn't think I'd like that guy. But I'm like, I get this dude. That dude couldn't stop losing in life. I mean, everything went (laughs) opposite of that guy. And I mean, like before he ever did anything good, you're like, your life is just an unending tragedy. But all those tragedies were forging him into someone who could handle great strain. And when I saw that, I'm like, because that's what God does. Yes. He he beats us up, but he does it like a good parent, not to destroy you, but to discipline and shape you. And okay, okay, well, I wouldn't trade my problems for his, but yeah. you're working mine for my good. Okay. So
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it sounds to me like when you're reading these biographies, your brain just kind of is naturally doing that curiosity thing of like, what's God doing in this person's life? Mm -hmm. But are you purposely asking that? Are you reading those trying to find God or is it just happening?
1: Well, so part of my process with, um, you know, even we're talking about resting and warring, you know, I had a friend encourage me. He had a bullseye he did in recovery. And the center of the bullseye was, here are all the activities that constitute a breaching of your sobriety the center of the bullseye is never do these things again. Yes. And then the outer ring was, what are the things that lead you to do those things? What are the things that when you start doing them, you go, I'm in trouble. And then he had this other ring. And as he was explaining it, I'm like, dude, what's the other ring? Is it going to be like the things you do before the things you do before you do the thing that you're not supposed to do? I'm like, that just feels really intense. But he was like, no, the outer ring is what do you do for fun? He said, because if you don't prioritize positive fun, the enemy will always introduce destructive fun yeah and then he asked me what do you do for fun and i didn't have an answer and he was like "That's really he was like that's the most pathetic thing i've ever heard and he was like i don't want to talk about your inner ring i don't want to talk about your second ring he said you need to figure out how to have fun and i had to think about it and then i just realized the nerdy part of me likes reading biographies so i didn't read them for like sermon illustrations or to right further my understanding i was just like i don't know what did grant do and i read it i'm like look at this guy and they turn into sermon illustrations and they turn into leadership lessons, but I don't read them for that. I mean, I read yeah. books on fighting and bizarre things that sound interesting, survival books. I'm like, that sounds uh-huh. cool. But um, I did it to keep Well, insane, you come to A. my
0: place if you wanna talk about fun. Listen, I can help you.
1: <laughs> That's what I hear. I can hear. help you. What's the word on the street about you.
0: Yeah, the, I got I'm you. The... <laughs> Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Rasa Coffee Alternative. Y'all know I'm pretty dedicated to my morning routine and that my cup of tea is a staple to getting my day kicked off just right. I know tons of you are coffee drinkers and you're also always paying attention to how different things affect your mind and your moons and your energy during the busy days. Me too. Which is why I'm excited to find out about Rasa, an adaptogenic coffee alternative with an incredible selection of blends. You can use it either in place of coffee or in an effort to cut back on your caffeine intake a little bit. And Rasa provides more sustainable energy without the jitters. Because, I mean, who's wanting jitters anyway? Instead of caffeine, Rasa energizes from adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms with all their blends formulated in-house by clinical herbalists. Their ingredients are organic and sustainably sourced and fair trade or direct trade. Y'all know we love those words. And seriously, y'all, Rasa is fanatical about responsible sourcing and creating positive impact through supporting their growers and farmers, which I love. Don't y'all? Adaptogens are most effective when consumed regularly and consistently, which means you're getting your daily dose of adaptogens while enjoying a beautiful morning ritual that can help set the tone for your day. And with 10 different Rasa flavors and functions, there's a Rasa for everyone. The cacao blend is a crowd favorite with its chocolatey taste, like a healthy hot chocolate. And there's one called Well, Well, Welderberry that's formulated to support a healthy immune system, something I feel like is on everyone's mind right now. And that's just naming two of them. We've had some samples of Rasa here at the office and the team has been giving it a try. Even our biggest coffee drinkers have been happily surprised and are thankful for that calm blend when the afternoon coffee craving hits. You can add in some frothed oat milk or your favorite creamer and maybe even a little honey if you like things sweeter, which, you know, I do. Each blend is formulated to support your nervous system, help you stress less, and give you balanced energy through the day and get better sleep, which we all could use. I'm excited for you guys to try Rasa. They even have a quiz, you know, I feel like quizzes, on their website to recommend the perfect blend just for you. Right now, to get you started, you get 20% off your first purchase. Just go to wearerasa.com and use my special promo code, that's Sounds fun to zero. That's promo code that sounds fun to zero for twenty percent off at we are Rasa.com, and that's R A S A. And now back to finish up our conversation with Ben. I just find it really interesting, like, this is why the Bible is helpful too, is that none of the biographies you're reading, none of the people in the Bible, none of them knew how their story was going to end, but it always feels like they had more insight than we have. Yeah. They have no idea.
1: No. And it's helpful to have that bird's eye view of them. And, you know, it started for me in college. I read Martin Luther's biography and, you know, it's like he changed so much of our understanding of scripture, like yeah. this enormously successful figure, but... His experience was constant struggle. And then the, one of the last chapters in this book was how he wrestled with depression his whole life and it never went yeah. away. And I remember when yeah. I read that, I was like, I wouldn't say I was depressed. That feels too strong. I told people I was prone to melancholy. Yeah. But I realized, hey, God used him even with this. And yeah. over time, he realized, hey, there's some things I can do to mitigate this feeling of tragedy. And that was so empowering to me of going, look, life is hard. We have some struggles that will go away. We have some that won't, but we're not left without agency and our life can't have a purpose. And so that really freed me up to start working on myself of going, so what can I do to mitigate the tragedies? And I'll tell you just one that was fun for him is he married a woman that made him laugh. That was a big part of it for him is Katie could Uh make him laugh. She'd make fun of him. Everyone else was scared of him. She wasn't scared of him. She'd make fun of him and, and he needed that.
0: Yeah. So thinking along those lines, where does prayer and fasting land for you as far as warring? Like where do prayer and fasting step in as part of the warring or resting part of life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's funny because Martin Luther said, don't fast when you're depressed. He used to try to fast to get out of depression. He was like, that's the wrong yep. tool for this moment. That is a so wrong like, move. You
0: got to feast your way out of depression. Yeah, different, <laughs> different tool.
1: Yeah. Whoops. Nope. Not that that's one. Right. Keep that one in the holster. Yep. But um, so I don't do it to... To be less sad. I do it. Um, uh, fasting for me helps when I know I want to think seriously about an issue in my life and wow. I'm just prone to distraction. You know, yeah. because the world's distracting. And then when you have an anxious feeling, you distract yourself on a screen. Yes. You start cleaning all the rooms in your house. You're like, what am I doing? I'm avoiding a thing. And so for me, or for me, I'll just eat a bunch to, you know, like, let's eat these feelings. So. Yeah fasting for me helps to go, no, I'm going to put all this down. I'm changing the rhythm and repurposing that time to really seek the Lord. And it helps yeah. me stay focused on the issue at hand rather than avoiding it. So yes. that that's why I do it. It's like, there's an issue. I may not get clarity, but I want to be the me that's bringing all of me and this issue before the Lord. And yeah. I gratefully live Near a lot of trails in the woods. And so for me, when you say fasting, I think woods. Like I just, yeah. it's hard to fast next to your fridge. It's easy to fast yeah. out in the woods, but you're probably not going to eat any of this stuff anyway. And I just like to go walk in the woods with God and go, you and me are going to deal with this issue out here. Yeah. And um, the clarity it brings is helpful.
0: With your back injury, are you in pain all the time?
1: I have discovered the ways to mitigate it. Yeah. Same thing. When I realized like, oh, this is a thing we may live with for a bit. What do you do now? I can be sad. I can be mad at God. You know, I, I avoided it when I first heard it. I probably watched like hundreds of movies when I was laying on the floor, you know, just kept watching movies. Yeah. And yeah. I remember watching Teen Wolf 2 starring Justin Bateman. And I was like, we've gotten here. Yes. We've gotten yes. here. This is so pathetic. Yes. And that's <laughs> when I was like, I have to address, me and God got to go to war. We got to figure this out. And yeah. And then after that, it was like, all right, you go to physical therapy and you do these workouts with these, it was me and these little old ladies. They were all like, what are you doing here? I'm like, everyone's over 80 and then there's Ben with a cane. And um, (laughs) so now I've just realized there's about a dozen, everything in my life's changed, Annie, to be honest, physically, food, exercise, all of it, bed. I changed everything. But I, I think for me, it's the Lord touched my hip to make me walk with a limp. I've realized if I don't really have a healthy rhythm with my back, I pay for it. And so it's forced me to have healthy rhythms with my life. So I thank God for it. It's one of those bruising blessings. I wouldn't wish back pain on anybody, but God yeah. has used it so much to help me have a healthy rhythm in life that I'm, I'm oddly grateful.
0: Do you ask him to heal you? All the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: So before the pandemic started... I got bulging discs in my neck too and was losing the use of my right arm. Like it was numb all the time. It lost strength. And then, you know, no one was going to the hospital. I'm like, well, this is a problem. So I'm like, Lord, I just I'm in pain and angry all the time. And so I was like, look, we may need to do surgery. I'm gonna do these stretches, but will you please make this pain go away? Please. And uh, he did, you know, with the lower back pain, I've had to mitigate it for years and years, but with my neck, yeah. it's still an issue. Like I don't do CrossFit, but I, uh, right. you know, but I found he just, the pain decreased and I'm enormously yeah. grateful, but before there was a sense of entitlement and now there's not, Oh wow! there's a humility wow. and a gratitude.
0: Yeah. There just seemed at some point on my best days, so this is not often on my best days, I can look at the places I see God move like I asked him to and look at the places that I see God move like I opposite of what I asked and figure out to be grateful for both. Yeah. yeah. That's hard, though. And when you've got two things that need healing and he only hits one of them, you're like, gosh, I want to be so thankful. And also, like, move your finger down 19 <laughs> inches. Seems like we're on a roll here. Seems like we could knock this out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. If I was already on your to do list, can you to done this thing? <laughs> While we're here, just before you go. Yeah. Right, right. So, how do you lean when that's what happened? How do you lean on thankfulness and not bitterness?
1: I think. Well, one when I when I injured it really bad, I had a month on the floor to have it out with God. Yes. And I was Gosh. reading a book at the time.
0: Laying on your of, back or on your side or what?
1: On my stomach. And Andy, it was so dramatic because I was on all these drugs, <laughs> so I couldn't sleep. So I'd sleep maybe three hours a night Oh and was always in pain. When the air conditioner would kick on in the house, it would shake the floor and cause the disc and the muscles to hit the nerve and send waves of nerve pain. So I, I think the Lord just let that go until I was like, I'm so over it, you know, and just had this yeah. huge blowout with God about, and then it surfaces a lot of other, and I'm mad about you for a million things you're not doing in my life that I want. Yes.
0: Yes. And
1: he just made me vomit all that up. Let, let's get it all yeah. out. All of it. Yeah. All my disappointments of how you're not managing life up to my expectations. But then yes. I was reading a book about the history of the church and you just see like, Pain is the common denominator in the human story. And enormous pain is the common denominator in everyone's story. And as I was reading, I remember crying on the floor, just reading about the pain of so many people on so many different continents through history. And I started begging God to move in their life, not just mine. And it kind of connected me to the broader pain in the world. And then in that moment, it was a very powerful moment for me. I felt like the Lord was like, I have done something about it. And I am doing something about it.
0: Wow. And that
1: was really centering for me. And so I dislike the inconvenience, but I don't really shake my fist at him anymore. I'm like, okay, I trust you. And
0: uh, I mean, that is a literal, I won't let go till you give me a blessing and he touches your hip and bust it up.
1: It's a hundred percent what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, I have to slow down. I have to do stretches and, and all this stuff that makes me go slower and, He's made me a better person. I think I'm a better dad. I think I'm a better husband. I think yeah. I'm a, a less insufferable human as a result of it all. Unfortunately, it took that. <laughs> you know, you're like, it's <laughs> right. a bummer. It required that.
0: Right, right. <laughs> my brain kind of malfunctioned in 2019, and I had to get put on bed rest for a couple of weeks because my oh, my, my brain stopped working right. Yeah. And it was a very similar experience of like feeling like. When your body stops doing what you are forcing your body to do, because your mind is going and your life is going, and when your body is the one that gives up, you kind of go like, I actually don't have any power here. I thought I was running this thing, and now my brain is broken. So yeah. <laughs> it's just a wild, it's a, it is a wild wrestle with the Lord when your body is not right.
1: Yes. And unfortunately, that's the that's the place He has to get all of us to get our attention. Because we will continue yeah. on a suicidal attack of what we think matters. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to have to put you on the ground. I, I never thought yes. Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures, was a particularly violent verse. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, uh- <laughs> sometimes he just makes you lie down. Because yes. you need to stop. Yes. The, the the direction you're running, the pace you're running, the damage you're doing, I have to stop this now. And uh, yeah. that's not... Why all pain happens, but that's one of the ways it does. And one of the blessings that can come from it is perspective. Comes out of
0: pain. Yes. It may not be why the pain happens, but it certainly could be one thing God chooses to do with it 100%. when it is in our lives.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: this is a miserable conversation, Ben. I'm very sorry we just have talked. <laughs> i just kidding. I was like,
1: this is interesting. Well, let's do this. No, this is great.
0: So Rest in War is out by the time people are hearing this. So then go grab it and read it. And I'm just thinking, I mean— it is the, the more we understand that we are in a battle, the less we're surprised that we're in a battle.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think it's wonderfully encouraging when you go, yeah, oh, it's it not is. just me. It's not just yes. me. We are in a fight and it's hard, yes. but we're not without hope and we're not without resources. And that, that was so life-changing for me to realize, okay, life is a struggle, but yes. there can be substantial healing. There. Things that feel huge now can feel smaller later. Yes. You can advance, and there are ways to do it. And God wants to help you do that. And He loves you and is not shaming you in that. Yeah. That yeah. was so empowering for me. And some things that I thought would always be huge in my story are smaller. And yeah. I just want people to experience that. I really do. And so that was my attempt with this. And, you know, I hope it helps people.
0: I loved it. And it is a field guide. You're right. I feel like it handed me permission and it handed me tools. So I'm, I'm really thankful for it. I'm glad to hear that. So the last question we always ask Ben is because the show is called, that sounds fun. Get ready. Tell me (laughs) what sounds fun to you, but you cannot say reading biographies. You got to give me one other answer.
1: That was my pathetic. That was my only thing. It's a a very very good answer.
0: Don't say pathetic. You're not allowed to judge your fun around here. It's something we do not allow. If it's uh, fun to you, it is fun. I'm cross-stitching cities that I've lived in. So there you that go. is fun to me. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. I'm using a black fabric so that it looks like nighttime. I'm very happy with it. So I do not judge my fun, and I will not judge your fun. So it is not pathetic. It's awesome. Uh, but what awesome. else do you do for fun?
1: Yeah, I do love it. I do love a good book. What do I do for fun? Well, tonight is movie night with the kids. <gasps> yes. That is fun. I'm looking forward to that. Friday night's a whole thing. We order pizza. We pick a movie. Yep. It's all very exciting.
0: What's the movie tonight? uh,
1: I don't know. We're letting Uh, them pick it. Dad has veto power, but, you know, so we give them a selection. They often tend to be movies from my childhood. Yes. (laughs) Team Wolf 2, Jason Bateman. Probably not that. (laughs) Lord help us, no. Um, But uh, anyway, so I don't know. It's a mystery. It's exciting. So I I love time with my kids. They're they're bizarre, strange, fun, wonderful humans. So that's a lot of fun for me. I have three, two girls and a boy. Okay. And we have breakfast and dinner together almost every day. And I <gasps> wow. love it. That's probably my most fun part of the day. And we talk about that every dinner. What's your best, worst, and weirdest? What's the best part of the day, the worst, best, and the
0: weirdest? Best, worst, and weirdest.
1: Yeah. And the weirdest is always kind of fun. So yeah. that'll be fun tonight. And then, you know, I just realized I have to prioritize fun. And for me, I realized I miss my friends. So I've yeah. got a speaking event coming up, and I just booked a few extra days because it's back in Texas. And I'm like, I'm going to go see some buddies. We're going to go Good. sit around a fire. We're going to go, I yes. don't know, cause some trouble in the mean streets of Austin. We're going to do something. Like, so <laughs> seeing people who will make me laugh. These are guys that they don't listen to my sermons. They don't care uh, about yeah. what I'm doing, but they love me. And I'm like, I need to yes. be around these guys that love me. And so yeah. it's worth the money and the time and the energy to map it out. So I'm going to go see some buddies. and I'm really looking forward to that.
0: I say this and I do not say it lightly. I'm going to pray for your fun because I believe so highly <laughs> in it that I'm just going to ask the Lord to double down on it for you. Come on. It'll be more than you ever dreamed of.
1: You know, I there's a chapter about positive release in the book, like yeah. how you have to pray. And, and it was about three times longer because I just included wow. all these stories of all these Christians through history, what they did for fun. Yeah. Just to, to keep them in the game, to keep them from yeah. getting discouraged, to keep... And so, you know, guys that had horrible problems found the silliest ways to have fun and i just yeah. put them all there and they're like this is way too long you have to cut some of these out i'm like oh, okay well all right fine
0: <laughs> you know but uh, so we
1: cut some out but you know anyway i am a big proponent of that and so i yeah. love that that's a priority for you because the world needs yes. more fun you gotta laugh to keep yes. from crying annie you know that's, that's the way the that's world it. goes and there's hey, too much in, a uh, in the world you come home
0: that's so. right ben thanks for being on here i can't wait for people to read rest and war i'm i'm so grateful for you and you're welcome here anytime so come on back
1: Oh, man. Thanks. Well, it's fun to talk to you. The, the rumors were true. You are a delightful human <laughs> being.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like when the rumors are true. Oh, you guys, don't you love him? Uh, I hope he comes back on the podcast 100 more times. Oh, my gosh. I just... I had so many more questions for him. I love the way he deep dives into his research. Oh, I'm so into it. Hey, get your copy of Rest and War wherever you love to buy books. Be sure to follow Ben and tell him thanks for being on the show. And if you're interested, make sure you grab his relationships book as well. It's awesome. And go ahead and pre-order 100 Days to Brave for Kids and grab your copy of 100 Days to Brave if you don't have it so that you and the young person in your life are ready to get started on that special 100-day journey we're doing together starting on February 17th. If you need anything else for me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same today. What sounds fun to me is packing a suitcase. I'm going on a little trip tomorrow, and I cannot wait. So 24 hours, and then I'm back, and I cannot wait y'all have a great weekend I will do the same we'll see you back here Monday with country star and new author my friend Lauren Elena we'll see you guys then
1: your on a to your
0: home